I'm sure Triple H listens to those fans. They don't holler for no reason. They don't yell for no reason. You got to give them a reason. And now he can just listen to them and they tell him where to go. Not he, he decides where to go. The fans tell Triple H where to take it. Dutch, we got to ask you about the big reunion that we saw this week on Monday Night Raw, celebrating 25 years of DX. Did you get a chance to to watch the opening and closing segments and everything that was built around uh, the gentleman? And uh, what did you make about DX's big uh, celebration of 25 years on Monday? Well, I didn't watch Friday night because I was sick or now. But I saw a clip when, when they told him not to use bad language and he said, penis. And I had to laugh because it's funny. But uh, I don't know how they're going to use them, but I think that it, it'll do well. <clears throat> Road Dog's funny as hell anyway. And I don't know what, the, what they're going to do with everybody. But, you know, the people that grew up with DX, they'll remember them. And the kids may not like them at first because oh, they're, old, they're they're like my dad's age or something, and they might. But they will they will come to like it. So I'm interested in see how they're going to handle that too. Don't use bad language now. Don't don't say it. Right. Look, Isn't I it? maybe it's the <laughs> immature twelve year old that runs my head. I laughed my ass off at that opening segment on Monday Night Raw. I did. It was cheap, childish humor. But it it popped me, uh, you know, when he's like grabbing the rubber chicken and this, that, and the other thing. I genuinely laugh my ass off. That's my kind of humor. That's just who I am. It's fine. Um, SP3, I know you weren't as big of a fan of that segment. Uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of say your piece and I'll, I'll wrap things up here. What, what did you think about Old Man DX coming out on Monday night? Yeah, I know they probably want this video to be all positive to talk about the DX <laughs> reunion, but I'll be honest, uh, I thought it was corny as hell. Uh, they all came off very lame in the first opening segment as a kid that grew up as a huge huge dx fan i even got detention for wearing the i got two words for you shirt back when i was uh just 10 years old so i i am a huge dx fan but it just all came off corny and lame but you know who didn't you know who was the coolest person from probably being the most the least interesting person in dx from, from getting the a term for go away heat named after you x-pac What's the coolest person out there? He looks so he looks like he's still in his 30s while all his other friends look like they're in their 70s and they're only in their 50s. He looks so cool. And then he he has the best line and the most memorable thing of this whole reunion is him doing the shout out for China. That was yeah. so cool, so appropriate. That was the right thing to do. X-Pac just seemed like the coolest human being, and I hear a lot of times that's who he really is, so that was great to see. So that's the most positive thing I could say about this, was we got to see X-Pac be the coolest member of DX. And I did like the Corey Gray's line about uh, the other guy be, make it, doing something with office with equipment. That was yeah, office equipment. That was really, really funny. Um, look, I think this came off corny as hell, but I'm, I'm kind of okay with it, because you I know, like yeah, when you're playing, because first off, they're not going to go out there and be 
you know, the 90s version of, of DX because I don't think anybody wants to see a bunch of old dudes going out there and be in the 90s version of DX. So they're going to be the corny uh, version that we got in the in the PG <laughs> era, and that's fine. And I know a lot of people are saying it was corny, but I think that kind of fits, right? Because, like, what was cool for us back in the day is not going to be cool anyway for this generation. It's kind of like when my I remember riding in the car with my dad, and he'd be playing Paul McCartney and Wings and the Beatles and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what on God's green earth is this horse but now that I'm older, I kind of appreciate it, right? And I, and I do listen to some of those songs, and I can listen fondly and remember, you know, riding in the car with my dad, listening to that kind of stuff. That's what I kind of equated this DX reunion to is. It was it was old. It wasn't as good as what we remember it to be, but it was going to be corny anyway. That's that's it's just a different kind of generation kind of feel to it. That's kind of what, this I, is what I'm going to say. Guys, give it a little time. This is not dead on arrival. Because I do think it was kind of a one-off, though. I don't think they're going to be on TV every week. No, but you remember uh, Pat Patterson and Jerry Briscoe? Yeah. You know, they were older guys, and they were running around kissing Vince's butt, and, but they were entertaining as hell. So this could probably do, if they do it in, you know, they ration it out, don't just flood it. But there's a lot of stuff they could do with that group. Not necessarily the group, but they're going to do stuff with Road Dog anyway because he's there. I mean, he's uh, he's right up. Uh, so you're, you're basically in, saying you want? I think I think if a lot of things they can do with that. You want Road Dog and Shawn Michaels to be this generation's Pat Patterson? No, I didn't, and did I say that. <laughs> I said there's a lot of things they could do with that group. And Shawn I, Michaels, I don't think he even wants to have much. To, he don't want any much on screen action anyway. No. But DX, I mean, Road Dog is good on TV. I did find I did laugh my ass off when he booked a match for the Miz and uh, and Loomis for for Raw, and they were like, "Can you do that? Do you have booking power?" He was like, "Screw it, I'm doing it anyway. I don't care." I I did laugh at that one uh, that as well. So if they want to use Road Dog in some kind of capacity backstage, I think that's I think that's fine. Oh, that's fine. I, don't think, I don't think we're gonna get a whole lot of DX anymore. This made me chuckle. I thought the close to the show was a little bit cringe, but overall, I think it was supposed to come off corny. I, I just, just my opinion. Uh, Dutch, any final comments, concerns, questions? What are you looking forward to this week? What you got going on? Anything? Well, I'm, I'm recovering. I'm in recovery right now. So, uh, and I'm glad you're back, Rick. Thank you. I'm glad so to be here. Sid blasted you. Of course he did hard and i i tried to defend you the best i could but uh i'm glad you're back and uh, my condolences to what happened but uh uh smackdown really shows uh a lot of improvements and a lot of ways a lot of doors that can be opened before they didn't have any they just they almost closed the door and locked it you couldn't you'd have to have a, a axe to break it down but now they have so many things open to them and it opened up fairly quickly because they got a guy in there, <clears throat> they got a guy in there, Triple H, who knows how to open these doors. He knows what makes a good TV show because he's been around it before. And I, I really like what they're doing there. We hadn't talked about Rampage, but you know, and I don't even want to talk about it. Not a, I tried to watch that show the other day. My God, I just can't do it. But 
you, you want to ask me something? Yeah, yeah. Before before we wrap up, because one thing I totally forgot, just kind of bring this full circle and talking about the Bray Wyatt stuff. Um, the one thing that I love that Triple H is doing right now is he is doing a great job of making you pay attention to everything. Nothing is a throwaway segment. Nothing. Yes. There were there were two instances that people caught anyway this week. Uh, backstage segments, right, where off in the corner, if you were looking, if you had the right eye, you saw somebody in a hooded cloak looking and either praying or whatever, looking at one of Bray Wyatt's symbols. So you had somebody in a dark cloak in a corner somewhere. It happened during Liv Morgan, and I think there was, when she uh, landed her senton on Sonya Deville backstage, and then there was another one that somebody else spotted on Twitter, but I can't remember where it was. But we saw this with the QR codes. Sid, they're keeping the QR codes around, uh, which is something that you you said that you wanted. And now you're kind of forced to pay attention at all times because you never know when one of these hooded figures is going to pop up. And how does that play into the whole Wyatt Six thing? He's doing a fantastic job of using every second and every little space to, t- to help tell a story. It seems like nothing is wasted on the show, which is something that we've talked about a lot, Dutch. You're talking to me or Sid? You, you talking about just wasted oh, yeah. just time wasted. There's no wasted time at a Triple H show. No, he's, he's, he, he has patience. He's not going to take, he wants to do an angle with me and you. He's not going to say, oh, I just go out there and just beat the crap out of Rick. What's the build up to it? Why am I beating you up? Why, why am I even there? I need to have a reason. And the fans need to know the reason that something happens and they can say, oh, okay. And I say patience, the greatest patient job I've ever seen is with Sami Zayn. I mean, but that's not necessarily Triple H. I mean, they have stretched it out this long with the old regime. So when they do that, and I guess they bring uh, his partner in or whatever they do, it's, it's, it's going to work. Because now he's, he's over with the crowd. Now you see that uh, Bray Wyatt got over with the crowd. And... And I've always said, listen to your audience. When you go out and you gotta, you gotta read the room. They call it. That's what a comedian told me one time. Read the room, and you know what to do. And that's what. And I'm, I'm sure Triple H listens to those fans. They don't holler for no reason. They don't yell for no reason. You got to give them a reason. And now he can just listen to them, and they tell him where to go. Not he. He decides where to go. The fans tell Triple H where to take it. And all he's got to do is follow the path. And he's got it. They, it they got take PhD and, you know, pseudoscience to figure it out. Just listen to him. I mean, and, and when, look, all Sammy has to do. Science, is that a course? Sure. Uh, all yeah. Sammy Zayn has to do is grab a microphone and say, hang on, everybody. And the entire freaking arena just loses their damn mind. That's they have something special brewing here with Sami Zayn. Yes, One they do. Day, sooner rather than later, the bloodline is going to dump Sami Zayn on his head, and we are all going to be sad for a very hot minute because the best thing going on in television is over. But we're going to be happy in the long run because it's going to be the catalyst to one of the biggest babyface runs, or at least it should be if they do everything correctly, the WWE's had in a long time. And how many times have they teased, all right, this is it. This is when they're going to do it. The T-shirt was one. Yeah. He got into it with uh, one of the Usos. Oh, this is it. Now, you think it's coming at any time. 
And when it comes, I think it's going to surprise us too. And that's the beauty about, about pro wrestling. You can string it along and string it along as long as it's logical because Sami Zayn has the purpose in being there. And you know it's coming. Everybody knows it's coming. We just don't know when. That's why we watch. SP3, I wouldn't be surprised if Sami's not the first person booted from the bloodline. Like, do you get a feeling like Jay Uso is going to end up being the one on the outs with the bloodline? And then ultimately it's going to be Jay trying to drive a wedge between Sami and the rest of the bloodline to earn his way back in. And ultimately that's what's going to be what gets Sami booted from the, from, uh, from the family, so to speak. Like, I could see that being the direction they go. I mean, they, that's what they've been teasing kind of or foreshadowing if it is going to happen with how Solo Sokoa has been favoring Sammy over him. You know, Jimmy and Sammy have their whole handshake. Now him and Roman have inside jokes. So, you know, slowly but surely you've been seeing Sammy make a connection with each member of the bloodline while this dissension grows between him and Jay. That that's a reasonable way to go. It's kind of similar to how they did the whole MJF creating the pinnacle from within the inner circle where you think it's going one direction where MJF is going to take over the inner circle, but no, he just uh, betrays everyone, you know, in the end. So they can go in that direction where they can do the double turn where they can have Jay kicked out. But then in the end, it's Jay who's the one that is the kind of the catalyst for getting Sammy out of the group. A lot of different directions that they could go. It's going to be fun to watch it fold out uh, over the next uh, several weeks and, and maybe long, even months. How long has Triple H been there? Six like weeks? Two, two months? Two months. Yeah. Okay. And you see, it. he took his time and he turned it around. Now it has so much positivity to it, upside to it. And it just took a guy who understood the wrestling business and storytelling because I think Vance, I don't think Vance give a crap. Yeah. He stopped caring. You could tell he, now he was making his money, you know, and he said, hell, I'm gonna rest. Hell, you guys figured out to whether he didn't like it. And I think he put the personal uh, feeling to it that he just might not like this guy because of a personal reason. I'm not saying that is, that's what happened. But I don't think he 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 didn't want to be set down and told this long storyline. Guys, he's burnt. He's just burnt out. You do this for 50 years and you get burnt out. It's like an author writing the same books. After a while, he said, hell, I just can't write no more. I don't even have the enthusiasm. I don't have the desire. I don't have the drive to write this stuff anymore. So help me out. And then they they help him out, and they said, "Oh, I don't like that shit. Get out of here!" <laughs> so they were in a no-win situation. I mean, the creative was. Yeah. But I am glad that Triple H took it over. He understands it, and he straightened it out in a couple of months. Now it's got a lot of upside to it. And he's done a fantastic job, maybe almost too good of a job of of restaffing the rosters and building up the bench and the depth. Uh, and he, apparently he's not done, and uh, we'll we'll see who shows up week in and week out. That's another reason to keep tuning into the shows. You never know who's going to show up. Uh, hopefully, all things go to plan this week. We'll be back live in our normal time slot for the first time in what seems like 10 years. 11.05, Friday night, Eastern Standard Time, here on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. All of that. Scissor <laughs> me, Daddy Dutch. Scissor <laughs> me, Daddy Dutch. Ha, ha, ha.
to whether he didn't like it 